Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now that is a now that is a very nice Easter outfit. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. All glory to God. As we get settled, we have a few visitors and, and I, I appreciate everyone's faithfulness. I appreciate you celebrating this Easter with us. Um, happy birthday to Heart of Worship. This is 19 years. Easter, 19 years ago. In a tent in our backyard, Michelle and I. Um, and, um, and some of you have been here for a good part of those 19 years. And I, I appreciate your faithfulness as well to, to the ministry. Hallelujah. So what does, in churches all around the world, Christians all around the world are celebrating this day, the resurrection, and so many things in this 19 years, I mean, I've shared with a a couple of folks that have been with us for a long time, certainly some who are the pillars of the, the current ministry. You know, after 19 years of preaching Easter messages, I mean, what do you say, right? Well, I'll say exactly what God is asking me to say. And obviously, there are going to be some things that all of us, certainly those of us who have been in the church for any amount of years, are going to be familiar with. Certain scriptures and and certain things that we say. The thing that we need to be very careful of, my brothers and sisters, is that it doesn't become cliche. You know, Jesus died for our sins and He rose. Amen? We we can't just continue to just just gloss over those things or not pay uh, the... Not give those things the, the attention. I want to share this with you real quick. I've uh, heard from several people, maybe many of you have seen that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And I won't see it, and, and many of you see, have seen it, and some of you have seen it maybe more than once. I won't watch it more than once, because I don't want to see that part where we, he truly pours out his life for us. I don't want to get used to seeing that. And, and I don't want that to ever lose its, its sting. I don't want it to ever lose. So, my brothers and sisters, I want to be careful on this Easter that all of us, that we are very mindful, not just of the suffering of Christ and His blood paid for my sins and all that, but really don't let it lose its sting. That sin is an abomination to God. That that sin is still what separates man from God. That Jesus did pay the ultimate price. That not so our sins could be forgiven and we could be going to heaven at the end of all this. It's so that we can be reconciled back to God that we may walk in fellowship with our Father who loves us. Amen? Amen. 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 So God, in Jesus' name, as we come before you this morning, this Easter, remembering the sacrifice that you made for us, Lord, please, wherever we are, those of us who are in this room and those of us uh, who may be listening digitally, Father, we ask that wherever we are, maybe we're far from you this morning. Lord, draw us close through your word. Lord, maybe we're right there. We're on the mountaintop with you this morning. Lord, draw us closer. Lord, maybe we've never met you. We're curious. We're skeptical or whatever the case may be. Lord, wherever we as individuals find ourselves this morning, Father, I pray that in Jesus' name, through your word this morning, that each of us will be drawn closer to you. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So, eternal life, victory over death, 
This is why the resurrection is so important. The resurrection proves that everything that Jesus said and did before He was raised from the dead was absolute truth. That He was the qualified person, the qualified sacrifice. Amen? The first to be raised from the dead, never to die again. See, because we have to qualify that. Because even in the Old Testament, the prophets raised people from the dead. Even Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But all of those died again. Jesus was raised from the dead. That body came out of that grave and would never experience death again, my brothers and sisters. That's a big, big important part of it. But we're going to begin this morning in Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in part of verse 26. He has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as... It is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he appeared a second time. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Again, proving therefore what we already believe, what we know in our hearts. We're waiting. Jesus went. He's coming back. That that same Jesus that went will come back. And he will receive us unto salvation. I, I, I like this part too. In John 14, many of our, us are familiar with this. Beginning in verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back, that where I may be, you may be also. That I may receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. This is the hope that we have, even though we have our full salvation, our full redemption hasn't taken place yet, we can be assured of this because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we have that. Hallelujah. The forgiveness of sin. Eternal life with God. Amen? And don't worry about the children. Let's just keep going. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, part of this will be up, but part of it won't. But please listen to me. Now, if Christ has preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Remember that, my brothers and sisters. Our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. There is no such thing. There can be no faith. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He, whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, verse 17, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. My brothers and sisters, listen. Let's, uh, uh, Tony language right now. Think about this. Many people say that they have faith. Many Christians say that they have faith. But what is it that you have faith in? What is it that you believe? Why do you believe it? My brothers and sisters, many people think that they'll be reincarnated. Or many people think that maybe when you, go, you know, when you die, you come back as someone or somebody else, reincarnation. Or maybe that you come back as another object. Or whatever. Or you join this energy. Whatever the case may be. There are many different beliefs, many different things. But my brothers and sisters, there is only one way is true. There is only one truth. And Jesus is it. So now, why do we have this faith? Because Jesus is the only one. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the only one that was qualified to be the ultimate sacrifice, which is what we all believe. And He was the only one that was raised from the dead, as I mentioned a moment ago, who will never die again. 
Are, are you with me? That body came out never to die again, proving everything that he said and did. Amen? Amen? Okay. And he says that he is the only one. And so we have faith and trust in that. And so my brothers and sisters, if none of that is true, then that's what the Apostle is saying, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle is saying. If none of that is true, we have no faith. Our faith is baseless. There's no such thing. And then he's also saying, listen, he, and, I, I, and I, I highlighted this in 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of men of pitiable. See, if, if my faith in Christ is only so that I have good things while I'm down here, so that I only have good feelings, I only have the thing, material possessions, or I have good luck, Christ is my good luck charm while I'm here on earth, then my brothers and sisters, we are most pitiable. Is, isn't that what the Apostle's saying? Okay, so why would Holy Spirit be speaking that through the Apostle if being a disciple means sunshine and lollipops forever? Why would Holy Spirit be speaking that if all that we, the truth and, and people having faith means that if your faith is strong enough, if you have faith, you can say it and you can speak to that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And, and, and that means that if you have any trouble, all you have to do is name it and that mountain will get out of your way. That if you need of anything, all you have to do is, is, is speak to that need and, and because you have faith, it's going to be added to you. And because you have need and because you have this faith that that next promotion is just waiting right around the corner for you because you want it and because you have faith and you have trusted Christ and now you wave your magic wand of faith and everything happens just because. And that's what faith is. That's not what faith is. That's not what faith is. Faith is this. Jesus died for all of my sins. The ones that I committed before I met him and the ones that I, when I missed the mark now, those, he had already died for every single one of them and has reconciled me back to God. And I have confidence in that because he, he did exactly what he said he would do and he did it in style. So my faith is not baseless and my faith isn't simply because I don't want bad things to happen to me in this life or because I want plenty and so I have this faith and, and that's what I'm... That, that my, my, my hope and my trust is in faith, not in Christ. Uh-oh. Are, are you there? No, it's important that we understand this. It's important that this is in, inside of us, that we understand this. We're going to go to Luke 22 now. Luke 22, beginning in verse 31. And everybody is familiar with this. Amen, from the back. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even know me. My brothers and sisters, we're very familiar with this. This is that night that Jesus was arrested. And they had the Last Supper and Jesus taught them many things. And then as, as they're, they're, they're you know, relaxing a little bit, you remember they, they got into a conversation of who would be the greatest among them. Right? 
And see, see, they still don't understand. They still have this vision of Jesus being the king, setting up the kingdom on earth, and they, they would help him to rule and reign in this kingdom on earth. That they were going to throw away the Roman subjugation. That they would also throw away the, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, and Jesus would reign and rule, and they would reign and rule with him. They still had that in their mind, and they're arguing about who would be the greatest. And Peter was always bold and, uh, and always brash. So we're going to break this down a little bit. Look what Jesus says. Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Okay, I wanted to give you a little idea. Everything that I could study and, 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 and glean as it relates to what this would be, mean to them, sifting as wheat. Mary, would you put up that first slide? Uh, the slide of the picture. Did I send you those? I hope I did. The pictures? There you go. So now here's wheat that's been harvested. So they take these stalks, and what they do is they got to separate the kernels and the chaff and everything else that it's sitting in, the hulls and everything else. Go to the next one, please. This is, this more than likely, this is how it was done on a larger scale. This would be the threshing floor. Then they get this, this, this heavy wooden mat and they're dragging it across the wheat stalks. And what, that wheat, what is that doing is that's separating that kernel again from everything else, okay? And then the last step would be, next slide please, they throw it. And then when they're throwing it, when they're throwing it up, the kernels are heavier, the, the chaff and all the debris blows away and the kernels fall to the ground. So now let's go back. Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, I want to talk to you about this. That you is not you, Peter. That you is plural. You, the disciples. Satan has asked the accuser of the brethren, the accuser, the adversary, the opponent, has demanded, has asked, who's he asking? God. That he may sift you like wheat. That he's going to separate you from the rest. That he's going to separate you guys. That he's going to let you, he's going to determine, he's going to show that, that, that there's not this real connection. That you're not real disciples. That you're not truly followers. And how's he going to do it? He, Jesus paints him this picture. He's asked to sift you like wheat. You're going to be beaten you're going to be drugged. You're going to be thrown in the air. You're going to be thrown around. Is anybody getting any of this? Is anybody relating to any of this? I know some of us are going through a lot of stuff. There's a lot of heartache and heartbreak. There's a lot of beating about the head and shoulders that we're going through right now. There's a lot of mamas praying for sons and daughters. There's a lot of daddies praying for families. There's a lot of, you know, in uncertainty as it relates to jobs. There's a lot of uncertainty as it relates to, you know, leadership, as it relates to anything and everything. There are heartaches, I mean truly heartaches, physical heartaches. There are you know, infirmities in our bodies. There are things that are happening. There are loved ones who are sick. There are all of these things that are happening. So, listen. Peter. The enemy is going to sift you like wheat. He wants permission to sift you like wheat. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. 
I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. What does Jesus say? But I, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. Satan wants to run you through the ringer. Satan wants to beat on you. Satan wants to go ahead and drag on you. Satan wants to do anything and everything they can to make you so uncomfortable, so painful, that your faith would fail. But I'm not going to let it happen. No, that's not what he said. No, no, no. He said, I'm going to pray for you that your faith won't fail. He didn't say, I'm going to pray that this won't happen. I'm going to stand against Satan that he will not touch you. He didn't say that. See, this is, we have a picture of this, a very vivid picture in Job. Isn't that what happened? It was the time when the accuser got to stand before God and accuse the men, Right? And, and I'm sure Satan had a big old list and God is saying, okay, you know, you got your list. Let me give you mine. <laughs> Have you considered my servant Job? Was Job perfect? No. No. Job was serving God as best he knew how. Job was serving God according to what he knew. And that was to make sacrifices. But Job also had fear. That which I fear has come upon me. Remember he said that? Remember, and Job was worshiping him religiously, worshiping God religiously. Job had spiritual pride. How would I know that? Because it's, he comes out in everything that he's saying. He's saying, I didn't deserve this. Right? Wasn't, in the, in the gist of what he was saying was, there's no justice with God because I'm doing everything that I was supposed to do. God owes me this. Come on. See, I know you're not even listening. This is an Easter message? Yeah, it sure is. Absolutely sure is. Because now we see in the New Testament, Jesus, Satan has asked for you that he would sift you like wheat. He's asked for you, not Peter, you. Now when Jesus says, I've prayed for you, he's speaking specifically to Peter. I've prayed for you. See, Satan has asked for you, all of you, but I've prayed for you. Why? There's a call there. There's something there. Look at what it says in Hebrews. Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for him. What is that saying? Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for me. The risen Jesus, the one who's been resurrected, He is praying for you. He's praying for me. We have this intercession going on for us. So my brothers and sisters, when the enemy of your soul and mine is trying to beat us, to separate us, come on. When the enemy of our soul is trying to sift us like wheat, Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for me. So what is the resurrection all about? The resurrection is I have a high priest. And even though I'm living in this life and I'm looking so forward to meeting him in the air someday, right now he's in the air praying for me. Hallelujah. 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 So now let's go on. I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, I love this, my prayer will be answered. My prayer will be answered. You will return to me. And when you have returned to me, Jesus already knows what's going to happen. You're going to deny me. 
You're going to walk off. You're going to be disillusioned. Your own guilt is going to cripple you. Your own guilt is going to cause you to weep bitterly, which we'll get to. But your own guilt is going to cause all of these things to happen inside of you. You're going to be paralyzed by your own guilt and shame. But you're going to return to me. Why? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. When you return to me, strengthen your brethren. See, this, my brothers and sisters, this is important stuff. What is? All of it, obviously. Oh, that's uh, so obvious, Pastor. What? I had to come there to hear that. No, it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Peter, Peter, who was walking with him for three plus years. Peter, bold and brash. Peter, the one that, only one that got out of the boat. Peter, the one that confessed, I say you're the son of the living God. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, who stepped on his tongue also so many times. This same Peter. Hallelujah. It has to happen. It, it, it has to happen. Satan is going, I'm going to pray for you because there's a purpose, there's a plan. Let me read to you, please. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. No. Hear God's heart. Let me read to you what it says in Amos in chapter 9. For I will give the command, and this is God. I will give the command and will shake Israel along with the other nations as grain is shaken in a sieve. Yet not one true kernel will be lost. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? That's God speaking before Jesus was even... My brothers and sisters, not one will be lost. Hallelujah. But all the sinners will die by the sword. All those who say, nothing bad will happen to us. In that day, I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins, I will build it and restore it to its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom. And all the nations I have called to be mine. That's us. The Lord has spoken and He will do these things. Hallelujah. So now, God has spoken that before Jesus ever existed, before this happened, what we're talking about today. And now Jesus is showing this. This is what happens. You're going to be shaken. You're going to be... But it's happening because you need to be... But you won't be lost. Hallelujah. But then, okay, but why does it have to happen? I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus has just answered it. Strengthen your brother. Listen, when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. See, you're going to have to be sifted. You're going to have to be beat up a little bit. You're going to have to be drugged. You're going to have to be thrown around a little bit. Why? Because there's something that there's this call that I have on you. There's this work that I have for you to do. There's other people who need you. They need to see me through you, in you. And in order for this to happen, I have to let the enemy of my soul, of your soul, drag you just a little bit because what he's meaning for harm and destruction, I'm going to turn out for good and for my glory. Hallelujah! Most assuredly, John 14, 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these because I will go to my Father. So now, what are the greater works? I don't know, but this may qualify as one. Well, what do you mean, Tony? This is not Jesus. This is a a man who Jesus is allowing to go through hardships, to be beat up, to be thrown around. And this same man, once he, listen, one is, he is forgiven. He receives the forgiveness. He receives the Holy Spirit. And he is a, he's a natural leader. He had, listen, remember, uh, 
He was always the first one to speak. Remember, uh, he was just, he was a passionate man. I think he may have had some Italian in him somewhere down the road. Maybe, I don't know. But he was passionate. And he didn't think before he spoke. And this is one of those things that Jesus had to work out in him. Right? There was this pride. I'm never going to, right? I'm going to be the one to get it. If that's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. All right, come on. Right? Lord, I'm not going to let this happen to you. It's far be it, Lord. No one's going to take you. Get by, that now the same one who just received revelation from God, who just received Rhema, get behind me, Satan, because now you're thinking like a man and not like God. Right? Same Peter. That same Peter who, who denied him, but it was the same Peter who was the only one, my brothers and sisters, when they came to arrest him, he drew a sword. And he was ready to defend him physically. Wasn't the right thing to do, but that Peter was bold, he was a leader, he had this leadership, there was something about him, and you know how I know he was a leader too? Because even after Jesus rose from the... Oh my gosh. Even when Jesus rose from the dead, he's on earth for 40 days, now, he appeared to them a couple of times. Now, between the last time that he appeared to them by the upper room and the time that he appeared to them when they were fishing, there were some days. Now, it's not happening like they expected. Jesus is risen from the dead. Hallelujah. We don't have to hide out. Maybe what's going to happen next? They probably still thought that maybe Jesus was going to now set up the kingdom on earth and they were going to rule and reign. But nothing's happening. Jesus is being visited. He's being seen by other people all around the area. But he's not having them follow him anymore. And so, what, did, what happened? Peter, this Peter, Peter. I'm going fishing. Wait. I'm going fishing. What did the other guys do? We're going with you. You see? You see? There was this leadership quality. There was something about Peter in that time. God, well, oh Mike, come on. Peter, Peter, when you've returned to me, Strengthen your brothers. When you've returned to me, strengthen you. There's this purpose that I have for you, Peter. There's this plan that I have for you. You're going to have to be, you're going to have to lose some of this pride. You're going to have to lose some ego. You're going to have to start forgetting yourself and remembering me and others. Oh, Lord. That would, if you, listen, if you don't remember anything, remember that. The, the, the sifting, what you're going through right now, or what you've gone through in the past, or what you're about to go through. This sifting. And I've been in that area. I've been in that area several times over the last little while. Lord, I can't take any more. Lord, Let's just, let, let me just go ahead and go, go sit on the mountaintop someplace and wait for you to come and take me home. Calgon, take me away! I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm tired. This one's an issue. That's an issue. The other's an issue. I got all of these issues. But I've got the solution. Jesus. And so now I read... See, this is for me just as much as it's for you. I read Scripture like this, and now I understand why I'm getting beaten about the head and shoulders all the time. Now, there's still too much of Tony that I can't use you like I want to use you until you go ahead and forget yourself, remember me and everybody else. Now, God heard you say, man, I'm just saying, anybody's... No, you understand, right? My brothers and sisters, he, there is a reason why Jesus used that terminology and they knew what that meant. 
you're going to be sifted. You're going to beat up. You're going to be graded on. You're going to be shaken. You're going to be thrown around. But you're not going to be lost. You're not going to be lost. I've got a plan for you. And this is all part of that plan. Then Peter, you know, just like Peter, he responds, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to die. See, Peter's pride is still, it's still there. Right? This is the very thing. Hallelujah. I'm getting some hallelujahs from the back from the grandbabies. See, this is the very thing. This is the very reason why Peter had to be sifted. Because even after what Jesus has told him, he just doesn't say it and, and, and receive it. Just as when Jesus told him, I'm going to have to be arrested, I'm going to have to die. No, far be it from I'm not going to let it happen. Wait a minute, that's your master. That's the one that you said, you are the son of the living God. You're the Christ. He just said that, and now you're going to argue with him. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? And so now he's saying, this is what's going to happen. No, no, no. It ain't going to happen. St. Peter, you've got to get out of yourself. You've got to get rid of that pride, that ego. You have to get off the throne of your life. Come on. This is preaching, I'm telling you. This is preaching. See, is this the... This is what a resur- See, Peter needed a resurrected Jesus for this thing to be complete. I'm praying for you. But when I get up there in heaven, I'm going to be praying for you. And by the way, when I'm, when I'm going there, I'm going to send back a gift. And that gift is going to be the thing that carries you through. What is it going to be? It's going to be me in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So his pride set him up. So, so here's, what, here's the, how that looked, okay? In Luke 22, beginning in verse 59. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidentially affirmed, saying, surely this fellow was with him. This is the third time that Peter's going to deny him. He is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, Peter, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter learned. Peter learned. Peter learned the hard way. Have have any of you had that experience of learning the hard way? Okay, so now watch. Yeah. (laughs) If I could put all 20 toes and fingers up, I'd do it. My, My brothers and sisters, think about that. Think about that. But now, listen. Peter heard the word of God straight from God and still, listen, and still had to get beat about, still had to be sifted to get out of himself. Right? To be trained. Right? Man, I've, I've got to be sifted a little bit. You've got to be sifted a little bit. But, but my brothers and sisters, isn't there a point in here somewhere where okay, you know, we're not perfect yet. We know our full redemption hasn't come. But aren't we believing the things that we have already been sifted by? Yes. Are, are, we, are we doing that? Or are we constantly going back? See, because, you know, Peter understood. Peter gained perspective. See, when, I can imagine, can you imagine what that must have felt like? 
you know, Peter, the one who's prideful, the one who has gotten, the one who uh, was really close to the Lord. Remember, he was so passionate. Remember that, that time? Remember that time that Jesus was preaching? Peter came in from all night fishing and the crowd is, is gathered and Peter, I'm sorry, Jesus steps into Peter's boat and he, and he preaches. And then after he's done preaching, he says to Peter, you know, let's go out there and let's, 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 uh, let's go catch some fish. Now, Peter, you, you've heard me say this so many times. Peter is a fisherman. He grew up on that lake. He knows exactly, you know, and he's saying, God, we, we've been at it all night. There's, they're not biting. There's, there's no fish out there right now. And especially now. This is not the right time to do it. Uh, but nevertheless, I'll prove you wrong. I'll go out there. And so he does. And we know what happens. They catch so much fish. How does Peter react? Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. See, look, the pride and then the reflection and then, listen, was that the end of it? Did Peter learn? No. Peter was still Peter. And see, you know what the Lord did? The Lord didn't go ahead and crack Peter on the head and said, you will be totally, you will be like a little mouse now. I'm going to take you as a lion and I'm going to turn you into a little diminutive mouse. No, what he said was, I'm going to take your boldness. I'm going to take the leadership qualities that you have, but I'm going to make sure that you know really what those are there for and who gave them to you. Come on. So, let's let, it, let the sifting happen. And then we see Peter after the risen Jesus. See, because remember, it wasn't after... Remember, now, now Jesus... Jesus, he, he saw Jesus after the fact. And remember, when Jesus rose, he said, go tell, what did he tell Mary? Go tell Peter. He mentioned Peter by name. Go tell Peter and thy brethren. Mentioned Peter by name. Go tell Peter. This was the beginning of the restoration. This is the beginning of that process. Well, I've, paid, I've prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. Did the faith get shaken? Absolutely it did. Oh, you're one of them. Oh, no, 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 not me. I never knew the man. And then Jesus looks at him when the rooster crows. Can you imagine when those eyes met? Can you imagine how Peter felt? That same Peter that said, no way. Even if everybody abandons you, I won't. Now, my brothers and sisters, think about you, me. Think about yourself. Reflect. Is there anything in our lives where we say, I got this? No, no, no. I'm, and, and I'm, is there anything else? I, I've got this. This is already nailed down. This is, come on. Or, you know, yeah, Pastor Tony says this, but, you know, that, I've heard somebody else say something different. I'm, I'm going to pick and choose what. No. It can't be about what I think, how I feel, what appeals to me, my flesh, what I can deal with, what I'm able to do, what I feel like doing, what's comfortable. It, it can't be like that. Why? You're going to get sifted. And you're going to be made to feel very uncomfortable. Why? Because God has called you. He's called you for a purpose. And He's called you for a plan. He's gifted you. There are many people in this room who have gifts that are very obvious. And some not as obvious. But God has still gifted you. He's made you with a purpose and a plan. Jeremiah 29.11 There's no question about it. That's been one of the themes of this church from the beginning. And we want to help people to understand, young people, old people, everybody in between, 
that, listen, your life is not an accident. You're not, your life is not a mistake. It's not random. God knew before. God, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter if you're a product of a, 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 an illegitimate relationship. None of that matters. God knew exactly Every hair on your head, he knew exactly. And he's given you gifts and talents that you would be able to use for his glory. Then he would bless you. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So Peter gains this perspective, and we see this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Did you see that? Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Do you ever feel alone when you're being sifted? Yes. Do you ever feel like you're the only one that that's happening to? Do you ever feel like saying, God, why me? Ever? Yes. When you're sifted, it's not pleasant. It's not meant to be pleasant. And remember, it's, you know what? What the devil is trying to do is separate us from Christ. Yes. What Christ is trying to do is allow us to be separated from our sin, from our pride, from our flesh. Right? So what are you doing? What are you doing? Is it making you bitter? Is it making you angry? Is it making you more prideful? What, are you hanging on? Are you trying to hang on to what you perceive is trying to be shaken from you? Now, now listen, Peter didn't come to this conclusion as we read in 1 Peter until after the Savior was in heaven, right? And sent Him Holy Spirit. See, this perspective, now we get to look back on this, but we have the advantage. The advantage is we already know, we see the experience, we hear the word of the Lord, and we have Holy Spirit now inside of us to help us to discern what this book is really saying to us. To ha- Listen, to bear witness with our own spirit that Jesus is our, ridden Lord and, our risen Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is this ministering to anybody? Do you hear it? Are you hearing it? Though he was a son, it says in Hebrews 5.8, yet he learned obedience in the things which he suffered. Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him. Listen, Jesus was God in the flesh. He knew what it was to be obedient. What this is saying is, he not only, listen, he, not, he didn't have to learn anything, but he, by experiment, he lived it. He learned it, Actively. This is what this is saying. He, he, he experienced it. What? Being obedient. And what that cost you. And what that means. And because he was doing that, we have eternal salvation secured for us. Amen? Why? Because he became then qualified to be that ultimate sacrifice. We don't have a high priest in Hebrews 4.15 who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but as on all points tempted or tested as we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Here is what a risen Jesus does for us. It says in Ephesians that uh, he is, we are seated at the right hand of God with Him in heavenly places. We are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Yeah, but how could I... Be, what does that mean? 
That means he's already up there. We're in him. And because he is, he has the right hand of God, there we are. All power, dominion, all authority. There are no other powers or authorities greater than his in your life. Everything has to bow to him in your life. Everything has to have permission from him to, for anything to happen in your life. Well, that means he's given permission for all these bad things. No, you're given permission. Why? Because sometimes we're forgetting that we're seated with him in heavenly places and we're walking like we're seated on this earth. That's what happens. Amen? Okay, but but he will never leave us or forsake us. He won't abandon us. He's still praying for you. And that's why so many of you have gone through some tough times, but you're still here. Still here. You hear that, devil? Hallelujah. Oh, you may go ahead and whoop on me. You may beat me a little bit. You may go ahead and throw me around a little bit. But Jesus is praying for me. And I know that I know that I know my salvation is secured by the one who made it to heaven first. Hallelujah. 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 So we can go boldly. before We don't have to creep up on God and crawl. And, and No, we go to God in, with repentance, with a, with a heart that is seeking after God and we're saying, God, you know what? I did mess up. Or God, I still haven't gotten rid of all the pride and all of the ego. God, I still think that, you know, when I do this, I should get this return from you. God, I, it's, I, you know, I, God, I still, I, I still sit on the throne of my life in, in some areas. I haven't, I haven't given up all of this stuff for you. God, making money is still very important to me. I, I forgot that you're Jehovah Jireh. I mean, uh, come on. Uh, any of this ringing with anybody? My brothers and sisters. You know, God, I forgot that, you know, I gave my kids to you a long time ago and, and you said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your whole house will be saved. But I keep worrying about them and I keep, yeah. I, I, I just forget about them and I don't have faith in that area, Lord. I, Lord, I keep forgetting that you are Jehovah Jireh. I keep forgetting that I'm supposed to bring my tithes and offerings to Oh, there you go. No, I'm supposed to bring the tithes and the offerings to You know what? That's one of the legacies I got from Dad Prettyman. Dad Prettyman always told me that you cannot outgive God. And he learned that by experience. He experienced it. You cannot outgive God. Always he said that. And uh, my brothers and sisters, it was true for him. It's true for you. It's true for me. It's true for all of us. Amen? So as soon as we worry, as soon as we start worrying about what we have and what we don't have, as soon as we can just forget about that and plant and sow like God has called us to do that, we won't have to worry about what's coming in, what's going out. It all comes in to go out anyway. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of bills. Those bills are not his fault. Those bills are your fault. I don't know why I got here. You know why I got here? Because everybody's worried about security and having and blah, 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 blah. You listen, money is, is, uh, is not everything, but it helps. Money is not everything, but you need it to go ahead and pay for food and pay for rent and pay for all those things that we need to have in this life. But God is still our source. And because we get sometimes fixed on that, We'll take the third job just so that we make sure we have enough. But we're still making those bills. Why? Because we got to have. And I don't, again, I don't know why I'm here, but somebody maybe needs to hear this. Listen, it's not about what you have. It's not about you having just the right clothes or just having just the right this, just the right that. Just the, God already loves you. He's already, you're already accepted in the beloved. So you might as well go ahead and look like that old raggedy self and... 
Be happy about it. No, I'm not saying it's okay to go ahead and take care of yourself. But my brothers and sisters, when that becomes the issue, when that becomes all what this is all about, what am I driving? What does my house look like? What, you know, when that becomes the obsession, then that means that God is no longer on the throne of your life. Come on. Faith in Him will take care of the other things. Isn't that right? Yes, it will. It's, not, it's easy to say, hard to do. And especially, my brother, man, I, if I don't... Many, I've been a slave to my job for a number of years. Many of you who know me know that. I won't do it no more. I'm doing the best I can. I'm still, giving, I'm still working a lot of hours, and I'm still doing some stuff. But I will tell you, though, it is not going to... It, there, there's no way. No way. And I do know this. When I start backing off, when I start only studying for messages and not having the... It, it, it tears me up. I am so much more susceptible to being drugged and beat. Are, are you with me? He's still not going to let me fall to the ground. He's still not going to let me fall. Come on. He's still not going to let me fall. He's not going to let you fall. So it doesn't matter what you did, how many times you did it, who you did it with, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. Do you love Him? Because I know He loves you. He is risen. He's seated at the right hand of God. And if you love Him and you follow Him, you are seated right there with Him in heavenly places. It says that we were raised in baptism, we're raised to live in the newness of life. That because Jesus has risen, now you and I, when we are baptized and we identify with Him and we, you know, now we're dedicating our lives to follow Christ, we live this new life. And then we are seated with God in heavenly places. Amen? So we have eternal life. We have this walk that we're going through with Him. And He's perfecting us. Right? But then, but, but, but wait. sunshine and lollipops, that should be what we expect, right? No. Then, then we didn't hear this whole thing. See, this perfecting part, we have to make sure that our faith is in Him and in order for that to be made perfect and for us to become more perfect, we got to get sifted a little bit. And the sifting is not because He's trying you. It's the sifting is because He's trying to separate you from you. The old you, new you. Amen? Hallelujah. So now watch. When I'm looking at this and I'm, think, and I'm reading Scripture and I'm talking to you about this risen Savior that we have now seated in heavenly places and, and we're seated with Him and, and we have this Savior who's making intercession for us. This is all these things that were very important to us that we're receiving from the, from the risen Jesus. That He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Right? It's important that I go away so that I can send you the comforter, the helper. Right? Well, because why do we need the helper? Why do we need the comforter? Because when we're getting sifted, we need the comforter. Amen? We need Jesus right here with us. And that's why, and he's here with us and he'll never leave us or forsake us. So we need all of that as we're being molded and made because of those qualities that he put in us and those qualities that he wants us to use for his glory. Amen? We need all of that. So I'm thinking about God in heaven and I'm thinking about Jesus. I'm thinking yet, yet all of these bad things that are happening to, to, to people who profess Christianity, who are, all their fruit looks like they're born-again Christians. And then I thought of Stephen, Acts chapter 7. 
A man filled with the Spirit. Serving God. Amen? The first recorded martyr. Right? He's getting tested and tried. He's get, the same people that committed Jesus to, to the cross are the same people now that he's having to witness in front of. And he lets it rip. Oh, it's okay. You know, God knows your heart. You know, it's okay. Take your time. Jesus. No. You killed him. He lets it rip. They get so angry at them, at him, that they're gnashing their teeth. They take him out and they, and they stone him to death. But remember what he said? I see God and the Son of Man at his right hand. As he's being executed. So, so, so that speaks to me. So he's getting executed. He's being stoned to death. That is not... Let, let's face it, guys. That, that is not an easy way to go. He's being stoned to death. He looks up and he sees the Lord Almighty and he sees the Son of Man at his right hand. And in that moment, he, he basically he prays for the people that are executing him. Hmm. And here I am experiencing some hardships and heartaches and heartbreaks. I'm not even being stoned to death. So my brothers and sisters, in the middle of all of this sifting, we need to look up. We need to look up. Because I'll guarantee you that God is looking at you. And when God is looking at you, it's not with the eye of judgment. God is looking down on His son. God is looking down on His daughter. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. No matter where you are, and no matter what you think you've done, you may have have been like Peter. And oh, you may not have have denied him with your lips, but you denied him with your actions. Same. You denied him with your actions. And so now you feel guilty. And now all of these bad things that are happening, you're being drugged, you're being tossed, you're being beaten. And you're thinking, well, this is just what I deserve. And God is not going to help me. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. When you've returned to Him, strengthen your brethren. Amen? Amen. Stand with me one minute, please. If you can. Lord God, we love you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, you said your word is spirit. There is spirit and life. So thank you for speaking life to us today. Holy Spirit, we allow... We beg you, Holy Spirit... Fresh touch, fresh anointing. Do something supernatural to us with this word that you've just delivered to us. Let it resonate inside of us. Let us walk out of here differently because of this word that you've just given to us. Holy Spirit, work a mighty work in every heart, every soul, every mind. We receive it. Be glorified in our lives. Lord, we receive your forgiveness. We repent. Lord, we repent for those shortcomings that we've had, for, for missing the mark, for some of those habitual things that we do. Lord, please forgive us. We want to change. But we're having trouble changing, Lord. So Holy Spirit, we need a fresh touch. We need a fresh anointing. Touch us. Heal us. 
Heal us spiritually. That we may walk with you. That we may be with you in heavenly places. Thank you for praying for us, Jesus. Thank you for always making intercession for us. We receive it. In your name, Jesus. Amen.